Welcome back. Welcome back to I'm Not a Fan Unless I Have a Podcast. I'm John Hanford, and it feels amazing to be back. Um, been gone for a little while. Had to take care of, uh, you know, basically just keeping my head in check and, uh, and making sure that I wasn't going to go nuts. Um, it's very weird when you go through some things just because like, like, even though I am 30, I'm still very much coming into my own, uh, as an adult. Um, and I felt a major shift this summer, uh, spending like two months at home with my parents and seeing just how, just how far I've come as an individual from, you know, how I was raised and, and, you know, the environment in which I grew up. And it was, uh, it was a lot, uh, just a lot of, a lot of reckoning. Um, and, and this is all stuff that I'm, I'm, I'm open about. I'm not, you know, like these aren't just excuses I'm putting out. Like th this is stuff that legitimately fascinates me, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of like psychedelics. Like I, <laughs> like it fascinates me, but it's also terrifying and it can be, you know, kind of crippling in the moment. Um, and so it's just a matter of, uh, of feeling it out. And ultimately when my head is so full of thoughts uh, that are, you know, just thoughts of anguish constantly, um, that's not gonna make for a very good podcast. Uh, it, like, especially talking about something that's not even me, you know, we're talking about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. And we don't need to hear my, you know, the shit that's coming through my um, my clouded brain when we're trying to break down, uh, you know, our favorite band, and especially like in it was such an inopportune time that I had <laughs> that I decided to go on hiatus because um, you know I, I announced it and then like the next day Eric announces he's leaving the band and I'm <laughs> I'm just like what the fuck just when I need to have a podcast like just that was such a, a crucial time, uh, I think for all of us. And, and, um, you know, not necessarily that you need my podcast to process your own thoughts about it, but, um, I know I like have, I like hearing other people's input and opinions and, and viewpoints and whatever. Um, whenever something big like that happens. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that happened. Uh, some of us came out and that was, uh, I mean, and, you know, my opinions on that have, have evolved, uh, you know, and, and, could, and will continue to evolve because it's still a pretty new track. And, you know, I'm still pretty, like, I, I, I haven't listened to it in a little while. Um, just been, you know, just feeling out life. And um, anyway, I, so all this to say, it's wonderful to be back. This episode is, it was a perfect one to come back with. Um, I, my, my guest today is uh, Herbert Hennessy, as he's known on Instagram. Um, big Giz fan. We had a huge, I mean, this is one of the longer episodes too. Uh, our conversation was like over an hour and, um, and there, there are really no dull points. It was, a, a, I mean, this is just a fun fucking conversation. Um, a lot of different perspective brought uh, uh, to this episode of, uh, than what I, frankly, what, I, what I'm typically used to, and that's not to, <laughs> it's not to denigrate any past guests, but uh, this guy, Herbert, what a mind. Uh, I, I absolutely loved 
uh, talking with him and just, uh, I mean, this is just a fun, it, it feels really good to be back is my point. Uh, and, and I, I just love that this was, yeah, I'm just full of a lot of <laughs> feelings because I, so last night I performed stand-up comedy for the first time in six months. And uh, I mean, it, it just sucked. I, I was, I bombed the fuck out of it, but it was so, I mean, it, it, for those of you who are not comics or not familiar with stand-up comedy, um, it, it's, this is just such an inexplicable, um, I mean, just such a, a pure unbridled feeling. Um, just of of joy it feels good to be back even though like i didn't get many laughs and a lot of and like i forgot i forgot basically all of my punchlines like i i would just be like hey, here's here are the premises interesting interesting premises it, who knows where he's going with it i forgot <laughs> and it, it, it sucked but it felt so fucking good to be standing in front of a crowd of people i don't think it was a legal show but it was it was such a fun fucking place to perform and just the fact that I was performing in person in front of people felt incredible so I'm still writing that high uh and then getting this podcast up and running again has just been another uh euphoric feeling so the last uh the last you know 16 hours uh have been I mean just truly incredible for me um and uh and, and just a real bounce back from uh from the emotional depths i found myself in uh a couple weeks ago um i do want to i've got a little more housekeeping to take care of um uh so again the day that i uh i decided to go on hiatus um that's when uh boogeyman sam on instagram released his uh uh the bootlegs uh fuck i forgot the name of it hang on it's the bootleg collection yes i think that's what it is uh anyway on instagram if you message boogeyman sam uh he'll send you a download to the uh what's it yeah the bootleg collection volume one that's what it is so it's fifth it's, it's clips of songs or sometimes full songs from 15 different shows uh on last year's um uh, uk and, and and europe tour uh i mean this is just such a, a cool thing that he did. Um, I would love to get him on the pod. Hopefully that can happen. Um, you know, so like I, I messaged him and I was like, Hey man, let me get the, me, let me get the download link. And he was like, absolutely. By the way, love what you're doing. Please, you know, keep it up. And, uh, and I'm just like, fuck yeah, we'll I'll fucking plug the shit on the podcast. It, it's, it's fun how many like just fan based factions there are from King Gizzard. It's, I don't know if I'm e even using the right words. I, I don't, maybe I'm not all back, but <laughs> I feel great. And, uh, and, and this, it, it just feels really good to be back. So uh, enough about me and my shit. Uh, we're going to get right into this episode. Um, Herbert Hennessy is my guest. Uh, you guys are going to love it. This is, this was a really fun conversation and I look forward to a whole bunch more. No more hiatuses. Here's Herbert. Yeah, I went to San Diego. Um, I've, I've been there a few times. They've got some great concert venues. I saw Kigakamoyo out there. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, 
yeah, they, they've got, I mean, they're just like a couple of good clubs out there. Like uh, I, I saw them play, I think it, I think it was the soda bar. Um, yep. Yeah. That, that was pretty solid. And just like overall San Diego vibes are just really solid. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, like, like I do, when I was living in New York, I had to go there on a business trip and yeah. like with, with a bunch of colleagues and stuff. And we were just like, why not just move the office here? That way we're all happy. <laughs> and yeah. Would have been sick. But um, anyway, man, thanks for coming on the podcast, dude. It's really my pleasure. It's really my pleasure. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we were finally able to make this happen. Uh, it's been like, uh, you know, because like we were originally planning to do this a few weeks ago and then yeah, yeah. I, I had my whole shit go down in Seattle. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, thanks for bearing with me and, and for, for coming on. Man, I'm glad to. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about King Gizzard for a couple hours with pretty much anybody that I can, you know? Yeah, and it seems like there's kind of few and far between. Like, I had to start a podcast simply because my <laughs> friends were not... <laughs> they are starting to, like, question the friendship. Like, it was putting a strain on it whenever I, whenever I would get into... Uh, guys, they came out with another album. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when your part in every conversation is, but what about King Gizzard? Uh, it can get a little bit tiresome, I guess, to some. I don't know. It's inexplicable <laughs> to me, but whatever. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we we got we got to find uh, got to find the pockets it gives. But that's right. Um, uh, so so what, what's what's your backstory? How did you uh, first get into them? Um, uh, great question. Uh, so it was like the end of 2016, like December 30th, 2016. And I was introduced to King Gizzard and Nonagon Infinity the same day I was introduced to Fantano, if I'm being honest. Uh, his review of Nonagon Infinity showed up in my uh, recommended uh, on YouTube. Nice. And uh, I loved that. I like the cover art immediately struck me. And of course, the name was like, okay, I'll check. I, I got to check this out. I didn't know who Fantano was, but of course, I became uh, you know, a fan of that channel around the same time. But man, when I listened to Nonagon Infinity, it just, it blew me away. Uh, and I'm the kind of guy that, um, especially when it comes to music, I don't believe a lot of things are the truth <laughs> until I see it live. Yeah. And uh, so I listened to the record and I was like, okay, that's cool, but I got to see what they're all about live. So I checked out another YouTube performance and um, it was, I, I'm sure it's one of the same ones that everybody else sees. It's a performance of them at some festival in France. Mm-hmm. And man, I just couldn't believe what I was, I just couldn't believe my ears. I couldn't believe my eyes, just the energy, you know, just same, same thing as anybody else. You know, that, that record just, you know, you just feel freedom when you listen to it. I, you know, it's, it's funny. It took me a while to actually get into Nonagon. Interesting. Um, like, like, because uh, it, it was so stupid, like in retrospect, looking back, I'm just like, you're such a moron because <laughs> like the only song, like, like I would just always play Gamma Knife. Like that was my favorite yeah. song initially off that and then the rest of the album i was like eh, i mean whatever but I, it didn't yeah like i it didn't occur to me initially that it was an infinity loop um because mm. like like i i just did a deep dive just on spotify no you know no youtube commentary or anything yeah. um and you know and, and then once i listened to it a while longer then i started <laughs> i started yeah. getting a better understanding and i was just like oh yeah no you're an idiot uh, <laughs> it's okay, hey man. Things happen for a reason, right? Things yeah. happen all, all the time. Like it's funny how it, it it's I I don't know if it's people's perspective. Like I'm used to listening to albums. Like I, I'm an album person, so 
I mean, I, you know, I'm, uh, uh, you know, I love streaming, whatever, but I love the album. And so if I'm listening to something, if, if, I, if something really catches me, I'm, I'm checking out the full album. And, um, that was one album that I haven't stopped really listening to for uh, probably three years now. Was yeah. that the first album that you heard of theirs? Or was no, it... no. I, my first was Polygon Duana Land. Um, cool. Okay. And yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, like I, I was introduced like late 2017, a few nice. weeks after Poly came out. Um, nice. And yeah, so I, I was just listening to that constantly. And then and then Flying Microjournal Banana um, was the second one that just, like that's the one that really got me hooked yeah. in. Um, just because like, I, well, actually, yeah, because it was after, same, same thing like you. Like I, I listened to Polygon Duana Land and I was like, okay, but are they being weird for the sake of being weird, or right, like what right. what's what what is this like actually? And yeah, yeah. So I, I put on the uh, the Webster Hall performance in uh, in in New York. They yeah. opened it with a um, either they opened the set with Open Water, or that was one of the first songs that they played. And I was just like, oh shit, yeah. this is fucking badass. Like like yeah. you could just you could just tell the vibe through youtube which is so weird because like <laughs> i i mean like like that shouldn't ever happen like you shouldn't ever like a youtube video shouldn't ever ever bring you that much like i don't know intrigue i guess i yeah maybe they do i i don't know what i'm saying but like it's just so weird as far as like a live performance yeah a, a musical thing the um, energy is just unparalleled like uh, maybe not unparalleled like i know there's awesome there's a lot of great live bands right now there's a lot of great you know rock bands mm-hmm. um you know sort of been beneath the surface of things uh you know i'm sure we could talk about several great modern bands live bands right now but the energy that they exude uh in their live shows it, it just transfers uh, even on a video even if you're just watching it from afar or just checking it out there's that just that energy that lightning yeah. strike of energy is just always there i just love it yeah i mean it's it, it totally is and like what, what's interesting like i'm try, trying to think like what is it like how can you even tell that there is energy and i'm just and then i'm just first thing came to my mind is like they're constantly looking at each other and just mm-hmm. like all, and at the same time also just kind of fucking off and doing their own thing and yeah. it's like they're all in the, to have a good time and like to include everybody watching. Like yeah. that, that's just such a cool uh, dynamic to me. I agree with you a hundred percent. I feel really lucky in, 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 or I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but whenever, whenever I am exposed to their outward face, I never see ego. I never see attitude. I never see, um, you know, like the vibes that you get, you can just tell when band members are fighting with each other and it happens all the time. Oh yeah. Um, and maybe it, ha- I, I just don't know what it is about their external vibe or their approachability as just peoples or their, uh, it, it, just their general laid back chillness as like characters or persona, but you just never feel ego. You feel a hundred percent excitement. You feel unbridled joy and yeah. I, that translates to me, man. That translates. You know, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is just the difference uh, between American and Australian culture. Um, okay. I, I, I mean, that, that, that's something that I, that I picked up on um, with them. Like, like, and just in meeting other Australian tourists in, in, in the States, like, yeah. they, I've never met a single asshole from, <laughs> from Australia. Like, they're all, mm. like, very egoless and... Uh, um, and just generally pretty cool yeah. and, and chill and like they're just about hanging out and stuff. Um, 
and, and and like maybe it is simply just that like America has lost its way just that much that we're like, yeah, they love each other. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> like, it, like, like they, they're all about love and just like having a good time. What? Yeah. What? That's a, what? Like, that's a like concept. Yeah. I, I mean, like, like that's, you can't find that at Walmart. Like just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's funny. Like I, I know what you're talking about. I live like I'm, 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 I'm Canadian. And in, in some ways I think that Canadians and Australians are, are sort of conditioned in the same way where we're taught to be good ambassadors. When we're yeah. Like, oh, hundred percent. I've got to tell you that what though, man, I lived in the States for, like four years I lived in Nashville for four years and maybe it was a different era maybe it was a different time um but I loved living in the states man I felt a lot of love living in the states and um I you know I I feel like a good person I feel like a person who gives love gets love you know for sure um and I know we could all use a lot more of that these days uh that's for real yeah definitely and uh and, and just to clear the air and just for the record uh I'm not saying America is a complete shit culture. I'm just saying that it's shitty compared to the rest of the industrialized world. Like it's, um, it's in the crosshairs of it's in the crosshairs of culture right now. That's for yeah. Sure. I, I mean, like they're because basically right now we're in the midst of a major cultural civil war, and it's uh, I, I mean, and, and like it's really tough to say exactly what it is even. Um, you know, until like a few years from now when we can look back on it. But sure. um, anyway, before we digress into some uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, some think PC episode, let's um yeah, let's, uh, let, mm-hmm. let's get back to the gist. Uh, sure. So I so a lot has happened since yeah. since like the podcast went on hiatus. I'm just yeah. like fuck seriously. I like I have a you know I'm I'm about to snap and then Eric leaves. What the yeah. shit like. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty, uh, uh, pretty, pretty jarring news. Pretty jarring news. Yeah. Uh, one of the, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's tough for me because, you know, you get a headline, like something's changed in your favorite band and like, man, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I'm used to those headlines being somebody died. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so for, for Eric to, um, still be in the, you know, still be part of things to be running the label as the label's grown, you know, it's jarring and it'll be different. Um, I mean, I just look, I just, then I look around and then I see this guy, you know, uh, cabs mm-hmm. and I go, okay, well, all right. Like moving on, like much respect, Eric, much love. Thank you. You know, thank you for the past. Thank you for the future. Flightless is, I mean, I, I'm obviously biased, but Flightless is the greatest indie label I can think of right now. Yeah, I mean, and, they're uh, definitely up there. Yeah, yeah, it's one of them for sure. So mm-hmm. I know it'll be different. Uh, it's, it's always different when a bit of the chemistry leaves. But, you know, I, I look at it like um, like that old band, Bad Religion, where it's mm-hmm. like uh, Brett Gurowitz, he ran the label. He runs Epitaph or, you know, that's, you know, some aspect of, of it now, but he, that was his, that's his label. Um, he left, you know, for a lot of reasons, but he took, you know, that's, he's still part of the band. My hope is that Eric is, is um, running the label, taking care of business and, um, you know, selfishly, I, I, 
I hope he shows up at Red Rocks. <laughs> Me, the thing is, like, I, I, I don't see how he wouldn't show up at Red Rocks. Like, that, yeah. is, that is such a legendary place to play. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, like I, I went there for the, you know, like, just visiting with my family, went there in 2015, cool. just during the day. And, and, like, we brought my guitar so I could, uh, uh, you know, get my picture taken on stage Very playing cool. the rocks, um, since you could do that. And um, That's amazing. Oh, it, it was it was so cool, and it's just like, there's no way he's not gonna at least show up and sit yeah, off yeah. on the side. But yeah, come on, they're gonna set up the second kit. It's it's to. gonna it's gonna it has to happen. Um, <laughs> like just you know just one last hurrah. Like you you think Eric is just like guys? I guess I'm just done playing shows forever. Like no way. It, it's I'm with you. He's a, I mean, obviously there's a business acumen there. There's a huge entrepreneurial spirit there. Mm -hmm. The guy's a musician. Um, and, and you, you know, that's in the blood. So I think we'll see it again, but yeah, uh, man, I'm just looking forward to some new music, you know, dude, me too. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean like, well, so speaking of that, you know, they've released, you know, honey and then, uh, yeah. some of us, um, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, so I actually haven't listened to some of us uh, in a couple weeks. Okay, um, yeah. But, you know, I, I just wanted to give it some time to come back to it. Um, mm -hmm. So what, what, what's, your, what's been your uh, take on it? Well, the, I mean, the, the vibe of the videos, uh, those two videos really reflect 2020 to me uh, right now. Yeah. Um, you know, just in their own different ways. Uh, I, you know, I like the songs neither of them blew me off my chair, but that's, that's okay. You know, um, I did enjoy them and the, the sound of both of them makes me think that we're in for another microtonal album, which, Hey, I'll take that all day long. I'll take mm -hmm. another microtonal album. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, definitely. I, like yeah. actually the, um, I, 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 like, I, I'm, I know what you're saying with like not being blown away by him. Um, but like the, the thing is, they, they both grew on me immensely mm -hmm. a few days after listening to them for the first time. Yeah. Uh, just because, like, I, I looked at the lyrics, and and also some of us is a, is a, a cookie wrote the lyrics to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And which I, it's it's too bad that he's not singing on it, but um, like I absolutely yeah. love his lyricism. It, it's just such a, it, it's it's like you know dark but also silly. It, it, it's I mean, like, I, I truly believe he's an, he's an amazing comedy writer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it put like that, but I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah, he's got a great perspective. His sense of musicality is really cool. I think his voice is really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure what, you know, what, what about the rest of it, but I, I think it's a great song. I think it's a great Pipe Eye song. You know, I think mm -hmm. it's a great Cookie song, and I think it's a great King Gizzard song. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, like, I mean, I spent the last year listening to Infest the Rat's Nest. Like, I'm going into, like, physiotherapy for my neck from listening to Infest the Rat's Nest for the last year. So, you know, if it doesn't, you know, if it's not blowing my head off, it, it's okay. You know, it's, they're, they're good songs. They're well-written. They've got nice, they've got, a, you know, Honey's got a nice, sweet vibe to it. And you can't, you got to appreciate that. I, I, I mean, it's, it's a great love song. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 yeah, it's, it's just, like, simple. It's, it's sort of ominous because of the music video, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, really. uh, uh, but, but it's, it's also got a very sort of fishing for fishies type of, uh, of feel yeah. to it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it'll fit in. 
it, it definitely fits. I'm looking forward to, hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to waking up tomorrow and hearing some new music. Hopefully there's a album announcement with it. Yeah, that's right. They posted that thing uh, 31 yeah. hours uh, yeah. uh, last night. Yeah. <laughs> looking forward to it. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I, who knows what it is, but I mean, that was a picture of, I mean, I was pretty stoned when I saw it. That was a picture of Ambrose, right? So Ambrose <laughs> is getting a, a new song. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, you know, I can't help, but just every time I look at Ambrose, you know, I just can't help but smile. You know, it's just got that, he's just got that, that personality, that persona is just so infectious, you know, just, yeah. you'd like to hang out with each of those guys for separate reasons, but he's just, he just seems like such a, such a, Clown isn't the right word, but you know he's he's such a joker. He's got such a sense of humor. I mean, he and Joey play off each other in that regard so yeah, well. Yeah. Like they're they're very different from each other, but at the same time, it's like it it. I mean, like we we, we know they're, they 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 play in King Gizzard. Like they're yeah. fucking <laughs> they they mesh. They're all so yeah. diverse and and just comes together. And yeah, it's beautiful. Um, Joey really but, reminds me of like um, a Pete Townsend. Maybe like as far as his character, like kind of a kind of like a heel wrestler a little bit. Yeah, and I like that about Joey a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean, he seemed like you know from just aesthetics alone, he looks he seems to be like the most straight edge you would think, like the most straight looking <laughs> uh, corporate kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> um, and then yeah. no, he, he's like he might actually be the wackiest. Uh, yeah, and and arguably most soulful out of all of them. Um, I mean, he's, he's got some amazingly deep lyrics. Um, I mean, superposition just blew my mind work this time. I mean, uh, you know, Tezita, uh, just like, let's give it up, give it up. Uh, um, Joey's a incredibly accomplished music. They all, I mean, come on, they all are right. Yeah. Uh, his, his, um, his perspective in sort of, uh, African jazz and, um, he just he, yeah the way he approaches music is is just very cool it's a great compliment to the to the whole hydra like they all kind of do their thing they all kind of bring their own energy uh but i, I think he's the best troll uh, I think oh he's the best yeah troll of the group. uh, uh hun- absolutely <laughs> yeah. uh i mean he, he's a constant ball buster um and not not to mention like you know whenever they play gamma knife live like and he's doing the gammas in the background it's not anything like the album it's right it's like Gamma! like yeah yeah, yeah. Gamma! Uh, it, it, yeah. it's it's just so much like he has such he uses all aspects of his voice like the throat singing um <laughs> which by the way uh I, I was listening to joe rogan um which might be the least surprising uh st- statement i've ever made but like i was <laughs> listening to rogan uh last week and he couldn't fucking do the throat singing no kidding like, He's got it down, and he has no clue that of what he's doing. Even it, it's Hilarious. so good. Like he's talking, like he was just you know talking about uh, like I guess yeah, like that Mongolian throat singing yeah, yeah. Um, as a thing that he's roughly familiar with, and then he's fucking doing it. Then he just does it. Yeah, and I'm just like, dude, that where, where where is this in the rest of your <laughs> yeah rest of what you do? Killer, killer, uh, killer leg kicks, killer striking, killer throat singing. You know, it's... I mean, I mean, killer, uh, <laughs> killer. killer sponsorships with all these uh, snake oil things. I mean, like, it's, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of the stuff works, but like, it's, I mean, 
the, the guy's so fascinating. And then he, yeah. it seems like he leaves so many more interesting st stones unturned. Um, he, he's, he's a funny dude. He's just such a goof. But um, <laughs> intellect, intellect out the door too. Like, yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to get. I wouldn't want to be in a. I wouldn't want to be in an argument with that guy, in any way, intellectual or physical. Uh, he's a. He's a razor, man. He's a razor. Yeah, but at the same time, I, th I think it would be. I think it would be fun. I'm enough of a of a contrarian that I could just fuck yeah. his world up. Like I. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Man, you've got to be able. If you want to have a reasonable conversation with anybody these days, you've got to be able to argue from another point of view. Not mm -hmm. argue is not the right word. You've got to be able to conversate from another point of view. Yeah. You have to be able to understand at least a conversational level in order to in order to be able to have a reasonable discussion with someone. So I appreciate I, that one hundred percent. Uh huh. Yep. I mean, like it, it's it's a matter of just like you know you could call it playing devil's advocate if you want to be like extremely binary about it, but like um, you could also just like be like, or this is another possibility, yeah. uh, which. Which is like that's just how I think anyway, because I'm just like it. I'm some fucking guy. I don't know the answers. I it yeah. could be anything. So, you know, I, I I love entertaining other you know other points of view and shit. Yeah, it's, I think you know I think especially now it's important because we're so in, we're so ingrained with a sense of tribalism. We're so ingrained, especially right now. And well, know, right now it's really come to the surface how yeah, prevalent that is. Yeah, it truly is. Um, I. I, I hold out a lot of hope that the next era of our collective growth is going to be one of unity. Mm -hmm. I guess we've got to get through this part in order to sort of find that thing that unifies us all, but I'm looking forward to that. But I appreciate having a, I appreciate having a challenging conversation with anybody. Man. Mm -hmm. um, but a uh, gift. Absolutely. And, you know, come to think of it uh, with, with Eric's departure and everything mm -hmm. and the, you know, impending new wave of Giz fans that are going to come yeah. in with the next, three albums that are coming out this year and next um <laughs> let's go they uh, ready, man. I, I mean so they're going to be coming into this with Cavs is the only drummer yeah. uh and then there's going to be all of us uh and the people before me and before you even yeah. we're just like we were there in the beginning yeah you, you. <laughs> and, and we're going to turn into a bunch of toxic snobs um i, I you know I'm, I'm reading this book or like i've been reading this book for like a year and i still haven't finished it even though it's not that long Okay. Uh, but it's, it's called uh, everything I know about business that I learned from the Grateful Dead. Um, oh, cool. Okay. It, it's a, it's a really awesome book. And one of the things that, that I was just reading from it um, was about like how, I, I guess it was in 1987 when Touch of Grey came out. Um, oh yeah. That like, that's when that was kind of their real first foray into the commercial success. And, uh, mm -hmm. and then like a whole, you know, new swath of fans came in yeah. and, they were met with a lot of apprehension from the OGs sure. and, uh, and, and the band had to send out a memo being like, Hey guys, this is not what we're about. Like we're yeah, trying yeah. to spread the message. We yeah. got to come to come together and, and, you know, just welcome these people in, you know, this is absolutely. What we're about. I actually really, well, part of me thinks that infest the rat's nest was, I think it, that did bring in a huge swath of new fans. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of and people I think, on this podcast. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. You know, and I think about it as well. Like I think I think about coming in as a as someone who heard Nonagon Infinity first and being like, and then I, and when I heard Mind Fuzz and being like, oh, they already put out a killer album. <laughs> oh, 
or it's the same thing with you know people who came in in you know in quarters or people who've been down since since 2012 or like the in the in you know like the real OG era. Um, I guess I you know I, I can identify in past eras of my life as being one of those music snobs, being a gatekeeper, mm -hmm. uh, wanting to protect something that was special to me. I think King Gizzard is the first time I've ever wanted them to have more fans. I want people to to know who King Gizzard is. And I, because I appreciate the feeling of having that conversation with someone of being like, you know, you know, and it's finally starting to happen to me where it's like, Oh, you listen to, you know, like I'll be wearing a King Gizzard walking down or, a, you know, like a Giz shirt walking down the street. And someone will be like, I see you, man. I see you. And it's a good feeling, you know, it's, it's a great dude. It's a great feeling. And yeah. you're, you're never going to get that with like a Metallica uh, t-shirt, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you are not. Uh, well, it, it also, you know, what blows my fucking mind is how like Iron Maiden t-shirts mm -hmm. in the last couple of years have just become a fashion statement. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, you know, cause clearly like a lot of these people, they won't know the trooper. If I start being like, da, 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 da. You, yeah, you, you yeah, know, yeah. you know it like, <laughs> yeah yeah well it's 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 not a new phenomenon that a concert shirt is worn to project an attitude not any anything else right so I mean, yeah even I if mean, the attitude has nothing it. to do with the music <laughs> for sure for sure yeah uh yeah the word <clears throat> you know I, the word poser has been around for several decades <laughs> you know and that's fine it, it never gets old though i i, I honestly I, I love that term because it it is pretty ambiguous because <laughs> yeah. like uh yeah. i mean yeah like, like it, it's because it's at some point we're all posing in in sure. a way like like you know i didn't come up with the idea of podcasts like they're out there sure i was influenced and here i am you know mimicking Absolutely. with my own you know uh bent and yeah, but uh, you're doing it right you do exactly it, and that's the difference right yeah there's yeah a difference and then between talking about it and there's a difference between doing it so yeah well, and, and then like I, I've, you know, like I, I play guitar too and I've been just playing yes. nothing but Giz songs. Like like yeah. I've just been, I know so many others too. <laughs> like I was just thinking last night, like, yeah. fuck, it's been a while since I played in the Alice in Chains. Um, but like- Great fucking band. Oh my God, those harmonies. Um, Chilly. Yeah. Uh, like I, I just listened to Jar of Flies last night on, on the drive back from LA. It was- Yeah. Uh, whew, yeah, great. You know, Goosebumps album. Yeah, yeah. Cantrell as a, I mean, the whole band, uh, but Cantrell as a guitar player, as a singer. Now, my I little mean, brother is into Alice in Chains, uh, and I don't, I haven't, um, I'm not really, really familiar with a lot of their newer mm -hmm. uh, body of work. But, you know, my, bro my, my younger brother, who's kind of, um, uh, is a big Alice in Chains fan, just swears by the, by the new stuff. He just says mm -hmm. the, the new stuff is incredible, and, you know, I've heard a little bit of it and I, I do agree with it. It's cool. I don't have the same emotional attachment to it as I, as I would, uh, you know, other albums, but Hey, I'm, I'm glad to see him continuing on. It's like, uh, it's like Sepultura, like Sepultura isn't really Sepultura to me anymore, but just because of my uh, connection to the Cavaleras to that era. Mm -hmm. But, um, Hey, you know, uh, don't want to begrudge anybody their chance to earn a living and to, you know, to kick ass doing it. So good on them. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's not like the old music's going anywhere. Like, Correct. you can still play it. Correct. Just, you know, let the guys have, have fun in their 50s. Like, it, it's, you know, totally. yeah. yeah, like, I, I mean, it, it, you know, so like, like I, I sort of had the same 
face because like I like, like like obviously I I much prefer Lane Staley uh, era yeah. you know Allison Chains but like sure. um, you know William Duvall is a good singer yeah. he add, he brings something new and even though it's pretty obvious that Jerry Cantrell has basically taken over the creative control of the band, it's yep. still something that's good yep. and it's different. It's, it's way heavier um, yep. than, than the old stuff, but uh, you know, why, why not rock harder the older you get? Totally. Um, and, and uh, you know, and good on you for, and good on you for, you know, paying respect to the, to the new singer. I didn't know, I didn't know his name. Oh, <laughs> real being real. I didn't know his name. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, cause like they used to be, you know, my favorite band at, you know, at yeah. one point. And, um, uh, and, and I, like I saw an interview with, uh, with William Duvall and, and I was just like, Oh wait, no, this guy's like totally egoless. That's probably why they chose him. Cause like, Maybe. here's a guy who's not even going to try to replicate Lane Staley's voice simply because he yeah. knows it's not him and yeah. nor should he try if it's not him. Like it, it's, yeah, some mountains are left, should be left unclimbed. Yep. Uh, particularly that, you know, like someone like Lane Staley. Yeah, he, if, you're in, if you're in the position of having to uh, fill those shoes, I just think, you know, uh, he, he's doing well by himself and by everybody else by wearing his own shoes and, and, and cutting in his own leather. I mean, you know, talking about uh, different iterations of being a poser. I mean, this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've great. all been there, man, myself included. Myself yeah. included, you know. I watched a great uh, review, uh, video review by uh, a video game personality named Tim Rogers about mm -hmm. Doom. Uh, he just released it. This guy is, uh, he's, I, I really like his style, but he talked about being a Doom poser for 20 years. Oh, and, shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like, what, what, you know, what does that even mean? I, I, I'm not a gamer at all. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know, I don't know what it means either. I've never played Doom. <laughs> so I just, you know, I just like watching his video game reviews. We, he's got a very conversational style. He's quite dry, quite funny. Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I won't even front. I've never even played Doom, right? Yeah. Um, but he taught. I guess just talking about like having enough working conversational knowledge of something to hold a conversation, but having no fucking idea, <laughs> really. What <laughs> you know, like let's not go into let's not go to the second layer because I'm not ready to talk about that. I think that's what he was referring to. But you know, we've all been there, myself included, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, oh. but uh, well, you know, so back to Giz. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to think of what else has has gone on. You know, so I mean, like, like obviously with the. Uh, uh, like, like they just re-released a whole bunch of posters from yeah. the last, last year's tour. Um, yeah, yeah. Where, where do you, where, what's your stance on posters? Um, well, as a Polygon Dwana, uh, Polygon Dwana Land collector and someone who's gone through insane depths to, to amass a Polygon Dwana uh, Land collection with full knowledge that most of those records have no resale value, have, you know, like they flooded the market with polys. And yep. I, ate, I bit like a trout, man, on a whole bunch of them. Um, I can appreciate the value. I think that they're more, I think the posters are more valuable um, from a collector's perspective because of the rarity. Even with the represses, I just think that the rarity of them, they're, yeah. hand, they're handmade. Jason Galea obviously is a genius. Um, so, so, and I think it's great. I think it's a great touch for the fans. I just think they, I, I just think they always know how to just drop something 
at, the, at a good time, at an appropriate time where people will, will want to express their appreciation by paying for it. Uh, I'm exactly the same way. Like I'm waiting for a new album to drop so I can buy all of the variants. You know, that's, that's, so as someone, as someone who's kind of like a variant collector, um, particularly of King, of King Gizzard Records, um, yeah, I can appreciate the appeal. I can appreciate the appeal. Yeah, I, I mean, Probably I actually- More so. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I love everything about the posters from, yeah. you know, the artistic perspective. And, and I appreciate it from a collector's perspective as well, because, like, I, I am a collector of, you know, a, a, f a few things. Like, yeah. you know, ma mainly, uh, like, my thing growing up was getting baseball cards autographed by, cool. by major league players. And, like, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was my biggest hobby. Um, nice, and, nice. and that shit's fun, but, like, a after a while, like, you collect so many, and it's just, like... I can't display even a tenth of my yeah. collection. Like it's, it, like it's just too massive, and it, it and and all of a, all of a sudden it becomes a burden. <laughs> and like I feel hundred percent. I know that I know that feeling hundred percent. I know that feeling hundred percent with my poly collection. Where yeah, at some point I mean, you're like you put your hands up and you're like I've collected enough versions of this particular album, or yeah. I've collected enough baseball cards. Um, and they'll always have a sentimental value. Maybe some of them will have a, a monetary value at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, the journey was fun. Uh, I'm sure when exactly. the collection journey means a lot to you. And it's the story of the collection mm -hmm. uh, means more to me. It means as much to me now as being able to hold one of these variants and to put it on my record player and to check out the, the, the album art and to sort of appreciate the album. Like Nonagon Affinity is probably, well, probably my favorite uh king gizzard record mm -hmm. uh or is my favorite rock record i'll say uh but polygon guanalan is my favorite king gizzard record and yeah. so um i never get tired of that and, I, and it's the memories i'm sure it's the same with you with baseball cards it's the memory of the collection of the connection that you made with somebody of mm -hmm. the story of, of getting it you know um, absolutely so it the, as I, I, holding it. yeah i can point to like like almost any baseball card that I have autographed like I can you, you can point to it and I can tell you exactly where I got it signed yep. and, and and it, it's you know it's just like a binder full of you know little vignettes yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with with baseball players and it, it's it's such a weird thing but yeah. um but yeah it's it's fun it's a connection uh so with the poly I, I'm curious yeah. what's what's your favorite pressing oh man um, well, I got. Like, is there one that sounds particularly superior to the rest? There's a few of them that sound really good that are half mastered. Um, I, I kind of divide my poly collection into a few different tops, top fives, or whatever. Okay. So um, my top five favorite sort of overall packages. Let's see if I could remember it. Obviously, flightless because of the Galea uh, artwork. The sort of completion of that vision um, is up there. Uh, there's a fuzz club variant out of the UK that has a beautiful black and white picture book. I just think it's so classy. Mm -hmm. that, that's um, one I have. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Love and that that's, one. I believe that's above, I, I believe that's among the better sounding albums because it was half mastered. Yeah. So, so that, that's what it was because it was half mastered and not, yeah. So it was I, I honestly don't know what, what mastering even is really like, Oh, okay. Um, so mastering is a way of putting, uh, of normalizing this, the, an album so that it all is presentable at the same sort of EQ uh, and volume. So you got a collection of 15 songs. 
or whatever the case is. It's all of those collection of songs are mastered with a uniform sort of EQ and a uniform volumes and, you know, so, so that it sounds like the same album. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's pretty, maybe, a, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's a technical guy in here that's going to call me a, 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 a studio poser. No, but, <laughs> but, but you, you, okay, you know, know, but, but for breaking it down to somebody who just doesn't okay. know the technicality, I think that's a great yeah. explanation. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, so the fuzz club one uh, is definitely a good one. Vinyl moon uh, put out a really beautiful one with um, a hologram, a uh, crocodile hologram on the vinyl. Uh, which is oh, really cool. cool. Yeah, Blood Music put out a really cool one, which uh, it has really cool, like, Welcome to Polygon Dwanaland artwork. Um, and the Newberry Comics, man. The Newberry Comics uh, version. Uh, it was a, I think it was a Pirate's Press. But um, that's a beautiful double album. Uh, mm -hmm. Really, really just gorgeous. And then there's, like, other ones that are, like, you know, I've got, I've got, so as far as like total packages, I would say that those would be the ones. Um, nice. Yeah, as, as I think along, I can just, you know, I'm the same way with you in baseball cards. I remember, you know, getting, uh, you know, I remember uh, trading, trading one for another, or, you know, I remember picking up, you know, uh, I, I remember the conversations that I had with um, Analog Love, uh, I believe they're out of Spain. Uh, mm -hmm. I could be wrong on that, but they put out this really cool variant with like the skull on the cover. It's just, it's part of the artwork, but it just has a very different look to it. And I remember being um, very untrusting of the postal service because it took forever to get to me, but the guys ended up being super cool. I ended up getting the record It ended up coming in perfect condition and it ended up being a really cool variant, you know, and it's just like little stories like that, that I, that I appreciate as much as holding it in my, in my hand. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did you manage to get one of those 8-bit Polygundawana lands? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. yeah 5.7? Yeah, very cool. Uh, I didn't get the first pressing, the gray pressing. Oh, yeah. Um, I slept on it, to be honest. I saw it and was like, you know what? I'll, I'll pick this up tomorrow. And that was when I learned you don't wait till tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You, Gizzard fans. You, you can't. Uh, <laughs> you better, you better yeah, wake the, your ass up and get yep, going. Yep, the secondary market is a little too uh, too strong to wait, which is... Sharks. I mean, it's it's frustrating. I've, hmm. I mean, like, like I know a lot about secondary markets okay. just, you know, in As dealing baseball with baseball cards. Yeah, exactly. Sure, it's, man, uh, sure. um, you know, th that shit can get... Uh, yeah. like competitive and um uh but yeah I, I so like i didn't get the gray pressing either i got the the yeah. you know clear yellow and, and it still sounds great yeah it's cool it, i'll be honest i never really even listened to it yeah i never even listened to that i i put i put the you know there are there are there are polys that i've listened to and that, will, that are my play versions there are polys that i have that i will play once and then put away you know uh and then there are some that i just I just, I just preferred just, I just bought them and am at peace with the fact that it'll probably never see a needle. Not, not for a long time. Anyway. Yeah. You know, that, that actually might be kind of a, a fun thing, sort of like a, you know, like, like a time capsule of, uh, yeah. of Polygon Dwan Actually, I guess you kind of just do have a time capsule of Polygon Dwanaland records. Like whenever the, you know, the ones you play most get worn out, you always got a fresh, <laughs> fresh pressed and ready to go yeah and then i've got one that can go into the picture frame on the wall or something like that yeah yeah and i've got a bunch of those that's for sure but i i mean um it's, you know if i if i put on one of my players like 
like my AT, like I don't have the greatest setup in the world. My ATO Polygon Duana Land probably gets the most plays. I love the, the artwork on the background cover. Mm-hmm. Great, you know, I love the poster inside of it, but that's something where I'll just sit down with a glass of, you know, a glass of, of whatever, uh, have a couple of pupskis and, and just start looking at my record collection, start looking at my polys, you know. Uh, that's fucking cool, man. I, I, I love that. So you must have been pretty psyched when uh, this, in last year's tour, when they started playing Intercell, Horology, and uh, <laughs> Loyalty. Yeah. Like. yeah, I, I, you know, and it's, it's, um, I've seen them three times. I saw them twice in 2017, and I saw them once in 2018, every time mm-hmm. in Vancouver. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool city, beautiful city, and each of the love times I there. saw them, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the last time I saw them was out in a uh, an outdoor arena at a park, and it was all misty and rainy. You know, like the like the Pacific Coast is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a you know, an Emil and the Sniffers opened up. It was it was bonkers. It was such a great show. But I, I oh god, I love them. Yeah, <laughs> that so tour cool. was great. They're so cool. But um, I you know I I I forget why the reason obviously wasn't good enough. But I decided to pass up on 2019 uh, uh. going to see them and didn't really think much about it um, until everything started going down with uh, this pandemic and whatnot and, you know, shows mm-hmm. basically going off the radar, cinema going off the radar. Yeah. Um, but when I listened to Chunky Shrapnel and well, especially watched the movie uh, for the first time, that's one of my favorite parts of that, of that whole experience of the whole Chunky Shrapnel experience is listening yeah. to the inner self uh, trilogy or suite or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Did did you watch uh, the the film? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. I I I, 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 I binged I it. Right in. Yeah. yeah. I I I, right I, I watched it four times uh, <laughs> in the time that it was available the mm-hmm. the, the first go around, and then I just like when they re released it the next week, and I was like, I've I've seen it four times. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was the same way. I had that twenty four hours, and I made the absolute most of it. I mm-hmm. uh, loved it. Loved the movie. Thought it was super cool. Thought it was a uh, a really a really well done tour movie because they didn't say an awful lot, you know? No, um, it was, it was very much like a fly on the wall. Um, yeah. and, and I mean, just that opening scene where, you know, they're getting, you know, evil starts playing on stage and you see them yeah. just backstage or get they're They're fucking nervous. And like, they're you know, getting, uh, they're getting loose and it's just yeah, like, yeah. Oh fuck. We're in the band. Like, this is what it's like. And yeah. it, oh my God. Like, yeah, I was basically going into like an out of body experience, just like I would if I were to take the stage in front yeah. of 10, you know, tens of thousands of people. Yeah. Like, holy shit. It, it was yeah. just such an experience. Well, you can just imagine and you almost feel it in that movie, like the feeling of holy shit. Like, it wasn't that long ago that we were playing for 50 people or you know, we would go on the road and you could shoot a cannon through the club and nobody would get hurt, right? And now yep. all of a sudden there are thousands of people absolutely going ape shit waiting for us to get going. And when we get going, the roof, this this place is going to be relieved of its roof. Um, what a cool feeling that must be, man. You, you ever wonder if like that's why they keep putting out so many albums? Because they're just like, wait, we put out another album. We're going to get even more fans, put a new one out more, more, more. Like they might just be addicted to growing their fan base that like, I, I, I'm seriously wondering, it, you know, they yeah. do a good job of it. If, if they released bad albums, I, I would start to think more along those lines. Yeah. But like, you know, you know, you know, full honesty, I think my real appreciation of them starts 
as like the, the band I know them as right now starts about mind fuzz, right? The yeah. reissue, like the early era, you know, I, I could take it or leave it, you know, if I'm being honest, but, um, hot take. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, you know, if I'm being honest, it's just not, you know, like mind fuzz is where I think they did something really bonkers. And I, I'm sure other people would disagree with me and say, no, no, they did bonkers shit all from the beginning and maybe they're right. You know, probably I mean, well, are. no, they definitely, I mean, King Gizzard has never not done bonkers shit. Like they've always done bonkers shit. And that's it's the always, thing. Like if they released something that was, was mediocre, it would be like, okay, well maybe you guys can slow down. Maybe you guys, you know, you don't have to be so aggressive if it's, you know, if it's just for building a fan base, but yeah. they keep releasing bonkers shit. They keep releasing great album or at least, you know, at least very good album, very good album, great album. And I'll, I'll, I'll take it, man. I'll, 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 I'll take it all day long. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so, I mean, cause like, I'm just thinking if like eyes like the sky might be the most ballsy shit that they've ever done. Absolutely. Um, Second and, album. No question. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, like I, I want to, I want to hear another sort of surfy album like that from them, because yep. um, like that's just a sound that that I think has been missing from music for way too long. Sure. You know, sure, sure you've, you've got the Allah Laws, and and they're they're a great studio uh, band. I yep. have, I've seen them a few times live, and they it's just never been that great. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, sorry, <laughs> I, like I, I, I like them, but it's it's like, <laughs> you know, yeah. wait. what are you bummed to be here? What's, what's going on? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, There's a, you've hit on something really important when it comes to a live audience or when it comes to a live performance is there's something to be said for a studio performance where you can hide your feelings or you can channel your feelings onto a track. When you're in, when you're in a vulnerable position in front of 500 people, you're there cultivating energy. Mm -hmm. And part of the cultivation of that energy is planting the seed. And I think that's something that the Giz does really well is they plant the seed of, holy fuck, we're excited to be here. And holy shit, you're going to be excited to be here too. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's infectious, you know, and, and they do a good job of, of building that energy up. That's for sure. In fact, my, my, one of my favorite things about uh, seeing them live for the first time was seeing how Stu very calmly brought the energy down for what I only assume is the safety of everybody involved. Mm -hmm. Uh, because you know like i forget what song it was maybe it was evil death roll or something like that where, oh, where he yeah. brought it down and you could just tell that the crowd i mean it, again you feel the energy right you feel that that vibe and but you could I, like it was just it was bonkers and, i mean because uh, yeah well because they, they don't play evil death roll that often live no. so like they i mean like i saw him play it live last year last year in new york and yeah, every everybody just went fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, immediately you gotta bring it down. Just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> someone's gonna something's gonna happen here. Yep. Heat stroke. Something's gonna happen here, and he and I think Stu's very masterful at that. Like he's obviously, obviously the first thing I think of when I think of Stu live is energy, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm not, you know, he's he's uh, he's in a rare he's in a rare class of performer and mm -hmm. sort of you know. Uh, well, performer and energy creator and capturer, um, but but the ability to bring that crowd down without bumming them out, just to put the lid on it so nobody gets hurt for a second, is a really cool thing. Um, he's definitely great at that too. Yeah. Wait. So so what what did he do to to bring it down a little bit? Like was it just by the next song they played, or or was it just uh, 
dynamics, sheer dynamics. So, you know, like, you know, I mean, you know, the way it's, especially with, especially when, when the, the heavier stuff comes out, like the, the pits, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know how it is. And, um, like I'm, I'm, I'm past that stage in my life. I'll be, I'll be in front of the soundboard chilling, you know, but, uh, <laughs> it's fun to watch still, you know? Yeah. Um, but he just brought it down, you know, physically just bringing it down dynamics, volume, mm-hmm. um, and just got every, and it just seemed to me at that point as someone, you know, um, who likes going to see shows, um, he, he, he handled what could have, what could always be, uh, a painful experience for someone, uh, you know, he, br- he brought it yeah. to a place where, where people were able to catch a breath for a minute. And yeah, as much yeah. as turning people up to 11, you know, bringing them back down to six and a half for a second is a pretty cool gift. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, and especially like when, when they go from, from like playing something really heavy and then yeah. going into something like, you know, let me mend the past or yeah. work this time, yeah. you know, just, just, or, or, you know, the wheel, like there, there are so many, really mellow songs that transition so perfectly from the yeah. you know ev- the evil death rolls of, of their discography right right you know and you can go in and do a little bit of hot water a little flute interlude mm-hmm. um you know th- and again one of the one of the things that really impressed me the first time i saw them without knowing a whole lot of their back catalog was recognizing how they were going back and forth between different songs and then recognizing different songs you know, as they went through and, um, and just not stopping. I just, I, I just thought they were so great. Now, I always want yeah. to mention, I always want to mention the band when I think of King Gizzard, like two drummers, incredible mm-hmm. musicians. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm sure the band wasn't, wasn't pulling people, people off the rafters with, uh, you know, the weight or, or whatever, <laughs> but the band, I mean, those guys are motherfuckers, man. Maybe yeah. one of the greatest rock bands of all time. And I just, when I think of King Gizzard, I put them in that light. Yeah, that, I, I think that's a, I mean, that's not a take I was expecting to hear, but I agree. I, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, I mean, because like The Last Waltz was a, was a good documentary. It was a um, great documentary. And, it was a uh, great movie documentary. Yeah. And, you know, if you, if you put those two together, if you put The Last Waltz and Chunky Shrapnel together, you know, in a lot of ways, they're, they're very similar right there's a lot of great performances there's a lot of great uh ener- energetic performances um but you see the band whenever the band is talking it's not scripted like it's not like they're sitting there in front of on a sound stage with a host uh or maybe there was a little bit of that in in um, in the last waltz um mm-hmm. but for the most part you're seeing guys in their element you know yeah uh, you're seeing guys bored out of their minds waiting to play the show you know they're you know, wait, you know, just waiting to get on with the two hours of their life that fulfills the day and then getting back to the actual work, which is, you know, driving around, doing sound check, mm-hmm. tearing up, setting, you know, putting it's your a, gear together and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's a grind and just travel alone. Like I, I've only, you know, like, like I just turned 30 and, and like travel has hit nice. me in a, in a new way yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> where like it, it just, it takes so much out of me. Like, mm-hmm. like I was basically in, in just like still experiencing highway hypnosis, like 
a day and a half after I was done driving yeah, yeah. Down, <laughs> down the coast. Man, I um, spent my 20s on the road and uh, touring in different bands. And I, I lived, that's why I lived in the States. That's why I lived in Tennessee. It, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Nashville's perfect for that. Nashville is a wonderful city. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, everybody there is a musician, so you better come correct. Oh, oh I, 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 I've only been there once. I, I stopped by one night on a road trip um, and I had my mandolin with me. So I, I went nice. to the jam at the Bluebird. Uh, it was oh. just like, I, I was just like, that's fuck a classic yeah. Nashville story. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, you know. I was there for like maybe 12 hours and, uh, yeah. and I had the experience. It was. <laughs> yeah. But you mentioned it like the, that endless highway, the, the, the highway hypnosis or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like it hits you differently when you're in the, when you're, um, you know, and you've, you've reached that, that particular milestone, which I can uh, definitely uh, identify with, but yeah. like, you're in your twenties on the road and it's like, you're in a new town every day. And it's like, you know, you drive into town like an outlaw, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, give us your fucking money. And then we're going and we're off to the next town. And then, you know, you develop that camaraderie with guys. You develop that brotherhood with people that you're on the road with. Yeah. And you don't mind sleeping on couches and you don't mind living on other people's generosity. And then, yeah, you, you hit 30 and it's like, holy shit, man, I got to. <laughs> I got to reassess or I got to, yeah. you know, I got to reprioritize or I got to change my, I got to change my tack here because I don't like sleeping on floors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, shit. Yeah. Like, like my, my cousin's a, a touring musician in, in nice. Toronto actually. And oh, cool. um, yeah. So like, like you, you say Canada, I was like, fuck yeah, we're, we're, we're in for a good app. Uh, yeah. But um, I, well, may I ask, or maybe yeah, you yeah. can tell me after uh, who, yeah, that, oh, who your cousin is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. My, my cousin's uh, Jesse Whiteley. He's a, a keyboardist, um, a multi-instrumentalist, but yeah. keyboard, Hammond B3 organs is his baby. Um, cool. And he's, uh, he's a blues musician and also plays in the Toronto uh, All-Star Big, uh, yeah, big Band. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, so, it, so he, he was playing. touring Canada is no joke either. Like, no. Like touring what? the States is no joke, but touring Canada, man. Have you ever seen the movie Hardcore Logo? No. Uh, it's a movie, I think, from the 90s, maybe. It's a classic Canadian movie about a punk rock band that's trying to, that does a reunion tour and they tour Western Canada. And, oh, uh, shit. It's wild. I recommend yeah. it. I, Hardcore I, Logo. I recommend it to anybody who's into music and touring movies. Movies, Yeah, Hardcore Logo. I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, <laughs> that, that sounds so cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like you know, so when my cousin was... Uh, when he was touring with his band um, in, you know, this was like four years ago, but yeah. uh, I was living in New York at the time and uh, there were five people in the band. Uh, yeah. So I, two of them got a hotel and then I put up the other three of them just on my hardwood floor in my, in my fucking tiny Brooklyn apartment. Yeah, um, nice. and, and, and we had to like, you know, lug a you know a, a stand-up upright double bass up the stairs because the elevator didn't work and there's five and i lived on the fifth floor so we're just like bringing all the gear from the van up into the apartment so it doesn't get stolen and uh yeah. <laughs> it was i mean like like i did not care that you know they weren't paying me to house them yeah, yeah. I, like like i was helping them with gear i was just like this is a i fucking love being a roadie you know yeah yeah one night like <laughs> one night is great you know yeah yeah, it's great. It's not great 
14 nights in when you have to drive the next night and you're sweaty and you stink and the van is wet and you're wet and oh god they reeked go. it was yeah. i mean I, that's the one thing i was like i'm not a huge fan of your guys's hygiene but uh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep that on point you got to keep that on point on the road yeah yeah definitely got you got to develop a system flying jays your best friend they've got some good showers Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh man well i think we're gonna wrap this up pretty soon but um but before i let you go uh is there anything that you've been thinking about uh gets related that we have uh, not touched on yet well we talked about uh expectation of the new record we like the mm -hmm. new songs uh you know i i hope the next album is uh, well i kind of have a feeling it'll be microtonal i hope so and even uh, it might even be a mix like it might be you know because they did that on uh on sketches uh there were a couple yeah. couple songs with microtonals and uh absolutely gumboot soup i think yeah has one or two uh, yeah they got, they got at least two yeah yeah i i'm not i'm not sure we can expect some overarching theme i, I kind of have a feeling like this will be more of a gumboot soup sort of collection of songs and and i'm okay with that gumboot soup always kind of hovers in i want to know this what's your top five king gizzard Oh, that's that. I mean, it, <laughs> today, today. What's your top five today? <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, sketches is on there, okay. and this is in no particular order. We're just sure, showing sure. like what what comes to mind, what feels right. Yeah. Uh, you know, First sketches, today. Polly, yeah. um, Nonagon. Uh, yeah, I'd have to put, I would have to put Mind Fuzz in there. Yeah. Um, sure. And uh, yeah, probably Gumboot. Um, th there's, I mean, there are songs in, in, in the, on that album that I always come back to. And yeah. I, I mean, it's, even though it's not one of those, you know, free flowing albums, like the, they don't quite segue into each other. Like, you know, like, a, like the, the more thematic albums, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it just goes to show that they're not an entirely, they're not, you know, a pure concept band. Totally. And, and I love prolific that. songwriters. Uh, mm -hmm particularly Stu. I mean, I mean, I know Ambrose is, I know, I know they're always writing, uh, Cookie, uh, Joe, uh, I know they're yeah. always writing. prolific songwriters, so prolific that they can have these giant overarching concept records. But at the same time, yeah. Like I just, I just remember that feeling of gumboot soup on December 31st and just being like, I can't fucking believe it. My boys, they did it. They did it. You, you know, my favorite part of that whole, uh, <laughs> like December 30, 30th, 31st, uh time frame was just uh how the first single that they released off that was the last oasis and you never heard about it again like yep. it was <laughs> yeah yeah it was just like here it is we'll just give you something i i don't you know they released a couple of those and i just was just thinking okay well they're not going to put out a full record they're just going to give us some singles that's cool damn four albums in one year like and they're good albums too they're good albums mm -hmm. and then gumboot dropped i just remember just sitting there again with a couple of puff skis and a couple of sips and just being like damn i'm so happy for these guys like i can't believe it like it was such a i just feel like all the fan base shared that milestone uh, yeah the, in a really cool way yeah i like i was i'd only been a fan for about a month at that point so me, it was me. so it was still sort of lost on me the whole the whole scope yeah uh, of king giz um and i mean like because that was before i discovered the fan page or anything like that and it was okay uh, cool yeah um i mean it, it was just such a uh it, it was an interesting experience because like i listened to gumboot i was like this is all right i didn't care for beginner's luck initially i because at that time i also didn't okay. care for sketches um sure, I, was, okay. I was i had yet to really enter a you know 
my actual jazz taste. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it was, so it, it didn't really resonate that strongly with me, but I was like, these are, there's still some good songs, obviously muddy water stuck out. Oh, so um, good. and, uh, yeah. So, but, but then it wasn't until, um, uh, I was, I was dating somebody and, and like, you know, we, 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 we love to take, you know, take mushrooms together. And, uh, and then one, nice. one night she decided to, you know, she's like, Hey, I'm going to trip my own. And, you know, the next day she was telling me about how she just tripped and listened to Gumboot and just developed such an attachment cool. uh, that I was like, okay, I need to revisit this because yeah. like I value the fuck out of her opinion. And cool. uh, yeah, cool. it, it, it was just such a cool, uh, like, like j just having that being my sort of like real open, uh, I, I guess, awakening into Gumboot was just sure. It, it was just such a rewarding experience or like it, it just filled me full of like love yeah. and shit it was <laughs> that's how i feel with quarters like yeah. uh not so much not so much of a of an attack or you know a connection with another person but but listening to it after like like seriously needing neck surgery from rocking out so hard to nonagon infinity when i heard quarters yeah. i was like what the fuck man these guys are <laughs> Now these guys are on another level, and, you know. And it, it's, it's it, it. I'm always reminded of it with sketches, with Gumboot, um, with just everything, every every new look they give. And like Infest the Rat, I I haven't stopped listening to Infest the Rat's Nest for a calendar year. Yeah, I that I mean I that actually was my most listened to album mm. last year, even though I only had like three and a half months to listen to yeah. <laughs> to it like i was just listening non-stop uh yeah, especially the b-side was just such an interesting journey oh um, man the, the, the i mean side a is so cool like it tells such a cool story but like you you put on side like i literally feel like i'm crashing to venus on a spaceship when i'm listening to side b of that record like, yeah so good uh uh someone on instagram said that uh just in on one of one of her stories that venusian 2 to the last minute of hell is like the best drug around and i i, I can't <laughs> help but agree man like that's kind of where i start the record is venusian 2 i think that's my favorite song from that record but that uh, whole oh, record just kills me i i i'm honestly partial to uh, uh venusian 1 i i just yeah. think that like like that just it, it's it, it never won't bend my mind like just the the just the intro because just like wait you're doing too much too much stuff there's yeah, too much going yeah. on here how are you going to bring this back and then it's like oh by the way here it is again it's yeah. it's a it's a fucking cohesive song uh yeah. <laughs> don't be so quick to judge album. yeah i mean oh god it's just uh. such a such a great album such a great such a great metal album like and, I, and just like the delay effect on a metal yeah. album that's something i've yeah. never heard before and i was just like this is so needed like you know you know whereas you know all, all like the the shadows fall of the world and mud vein like they're doing a little pinch harmonics and shit yeah yeah it's like fuck that we're just gonna go like totally you know, with, with with the del delay it's like they I, really I bridged it yeah I, I i hear you 100 percent. like i really feel with that album they really bridged a very important uh they really created a very important bridge in metal music where where it's like it's like very much a thrash album mm -hmm. very much a thrash album and very much a honest well-performed intense high energy thrash record but it has the simplicity of a punk record and a but a good punk record and like whenever i hear that delay i always think of east bay ray from the dead kennedys <laughs> uh, and it's funny when I, I listen to a lot of king gizzard music and i hear 
you know, I hear a little bit of Dead Kennedys in that uh, delay. Whenever I listen to The Murder of the Universe, I, I hear, I don't know if you've ever heard of No Means No, but they're like a legendary Canadian punk band. No, I haven't. I'm going to check them man, out. Highly technical Canadian punk band. Probably, I mean, if you want to talk about Canadian punk bands, or at least like Western Canadian, there's SNFU. Of course, they moved to California, but they're an Edmonton band. Mm-hmm. Um, no Means No, The Smalls. They're more of a metal, they're more of a metal band, but... Um, I mean, King Gizzard, they just, they, they put out one hell of a punk rock thrash record and a, and a really, really honest one too. Like, a, like a, there's nothing fake about that record. It's as real as they come, despite, you know, the genre hopping and all that stuff. Like it's serious, serious business. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I love how we just went on a whole 10 minute, 15 minute tangent on, on, on metal. Like I, to wrap yeah. this thing up thank you this, this has been such a fun episode uh thanks oh, for John, being my, so much fun dude thanks for being my first guest back i i feel like uh yeah uh the future's bright for for king is and, and and the pod i'm 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 psyched to be back and and to have you as my first guest this is fun. man thanks so much for having me i had so much fun chatting with you man you know uh even if it's not on the podcast i hope we do it again fuck yeah man stay in touch nice nice <laughs>